In this episode, we have our little sister, Danae. <laughs> Danae baby. Yes, the Danae baby. And also called the bad baby. We get into <laughs> Freudian psychology, um, the birth order theory, and how that's affected our sisters' relationships, our life outcomes. Well, we're not at the end. So more like <laughs> more like the trajectory and how we view life, our perception. So I really enjoyed doing this with Danae and then also hearing Amber's perspective and everybody's reality comes to mind. Yeah, very true. And I think it's kind of cool just seeing how uh, we reflected on our just our sisters in general mm-hmm. only person that we were missing in this episode was heather but um you guys will get a little dose of her in the upcoming episodes so yeah so yeah Hey y'all, this is Amber Cherie. And this is Taylor Bree. And this is the Inner Circle Podcast. My gosh, I'm so excited. We have our littlest sister here. Um, her name is Danae. And she is an artist. She is a scholar. And most important to us is she is our little sister. So um, I just want to welcome you on. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm just really excited to be doing a podcast with my sissies. Oh, <laughs> so adorable. We're missing one. We'll have to get her on. So we're going to be doing like a sibling one for Thanksgiving. So we'll have all the siblings on, including Brandon and Nicholas. Oh, so, yay. That's exciting. Yes. So, um, but yeah. So cool. All right. So what what have y'all been up to? What were you guys doing this weekend? Taylor, since the last time we talked, you have traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then Danae, I know you've been working on, you know, school and different things like that. So what have y'all been up to this week? I'll start. So I went to Chicago last weekend. Um, I stayed at the Gwyn off of Illinois Street, Illinois and State Street, I believe. Little did I know there was a parade going on, basically, an all-day parade of people just honking. I pulled into the city, and someone was just honking behind me, and I'm like, I didn't even do anything. So I was getting upset. (laughs) But then I realized... Joe Biden won the election and people were rejoicing down Illinois street. So um, that was exciting. I got to be in the, in the excitement for a little bit, but you know, Corona is a thing. So I was in my hotel room most of the time, but I got to food tour. I went to Costales. It's a Mediterranean restaurant within the Gwyn. Um, I found them because they have a Michelin star and I'm a foodie at heart. And so I watch a lot of chefs shows and all these different things. And um, I think I found out what Michelin stars were off of the chef show. So I digress. Um, I love food. And so that's basically all I did in Chicago. I did 
hit up um, a local um, shop that we don't have <laughs> in Indianapolis because okay. it's only legal in Illinois. So that was nice. Um, a little, <laughs> a little different. Yeah. So I had a really good trip. I had, took a really long shower. It was a beautiful room. Um, I didn't get to use the separate bathtub like I wanted to, which is why I booked the hotel because I saw my friend in Deerfield. Um, so I rushed out in the morning. Honestly, I was there for 24 hours, less than 24 hours, and it wasn't enough time. But I did food tour and that was my time in Chicago. So yeah. Okay. All right. I love Chicago. I, Nick and I lived up there for about four plus years and we always think about Chicago all the time, how we want to move back eventually one day. But right now, uh, we are not playing with Chicago public schools. So we don't got time for that. So, <laughs> Well, y'all said y'all didn't even want to put him in public schools here. But that's a different conversation. But yeah. anyways. <laughs> vacation. Yeah. yeah, I know. But the nice thing about Indiana, which I have like been discovering is you're so close to everything. Like you can go to Chicago, you can go to Cleveland, you can go to Michigan, you can go to like all these different states within driving range, you know, so even though Indiana itself has some gems, it does have some gems, you just have to look for them. So I mean, Oklahoma, you can really just go to Texas. Yeah. you know colorado too you know how long that drive is that drive is like a 12-hour drive huh uh, i didn't realize it was that far because they're on the east side of oklahoma mm, got it um what's that called new orleans that's nine hours though mm. yeah that's, that's not that far. bad anyways so Janae, how are you doing how's school going how's you know your little boyfriend or whatever y'all over here trying to be all social media cute or whatever oh you saw that Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i'll be watching your stories i gotta keep tabs on you uh yeah he it was actually his idea to do that like he wants to do tiktoks now and i'm like okay (laughs) you're trying to be a tiktok famous couple that's awesome (laughs) But, I mean, school's fine, I guess. The nursing school applications suck. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up messing up on it, but it sent it in on accident. So, well, where are your mentors at? Huh? Where are your mentors at to help you? I mean, no. I mean, they can't do anything after. I mean. Not after, but we, you know. I'm just being a big sister. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, my nursing application you didn't ask for help no because the only part I didn't take it as like a serious serious thing but it asked like how COVID has affected your schooling and I did like this little blurb about it but um I ended up messing up a word in it instead of online I put only so that's mm. that was my um well, I mean, okay, that's, you know, grammar things are important, um, especially if it changes the meaning of what it is. But who knows? You never know. We just going to continue and do better. That's all we can do. Yeah, that's why I've been talking to the dean. <laughs> good. Oh, good. That's really good. I'm very excited. So you want to be a nurse practitioner 
but it changes from year to year. So it does not. <laughs> um, you went into college as a wanting to be an anesthetist, and yeah. now you. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I want to be a anesthetist, but I'm also going back to get my sports med orthopedic. Yeah, so, that's why I'm like, wow. I mean. That's what I want to do. I want an independent contract with uh, the NBA, NFL, and players. Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. I just didn't. That's not what we we thought you were going with. But I I'm very excited. I only added one more license. All right. Well, you know, we gonna get this degree, and we gonna go from there. Degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this first, you need to focus on right now, though. Like for real, for real, undergrad ain't no joke. Like I can tell everybody my struggles I I wanted to be a doctor I realized I don't want to be a doctor and then you know you're in this limbo of trying to figure out who you are as identity level and then what you're trying to do while you're trying to figure out your identity so I I have lots of grace for college students and um you know I I want you to do whatever it is that you put your heart to yeah, um, one of my, when I was talking to the dean of the nursing college, she was like, it sounds like more you want to be a con- in concierge medicine, which I didn't even know was a thing. Mm-hmm. I knew that you doctors could work wherever they want, but I didn't know it was an actual practice. Like there's doctors that just don't do anything unless they're contracted with an individual person and they get yeah. ret- I did not know that. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, as you go, you'll discover a lot of stuff. So that's why I also don't put much weight on what people say they're going to do right now. But, you know, speaking of scholarship, um, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of scholarship, um, you brought what we're going to talk about today. Um, So Danae brought us the birth order theory. And I'm prior to that, we want to talk about the word of the week. Oh, yes. So the word of the week relates to this. It's actually theory. So Oxford um, Dictionary defines theory as a supposition, supposition or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained. So basically why I thought this word of the week was important is that theory, you know, is it's a nice basis for conversation and there will be lots of nuances to theories. So nothing in a theory is definite. However, we're picking up on certain trends and principles that we build upon. So uh, we're going to break down the birth order theory. And Danae, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the birth order theory? Yeah, okay. So it was um, made or introduced, I guess I should say, by um, Alfred Adler. He mm-hmm. was born in v- outside Vienna in 1870. He started his medical career as a ophthalmologist. Yes. So he's a psychoanalyst. Austria uh, is where Vienna is. Austria, if you don't know, is next to Germany. It's um, Eastern European. Um, Where is that Western? 
I don't know, wherever Germany is, it's right there next to it. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so that's a little bit about the psychoanalyst who made this. He also worked with Sigmund Freud, who, as y'all know, um, has the different stages of development. It's a, he's a very popular theorist in psychology. Um, so what, what is it about this birth order that Adler came up with? Well, basically, he was going into how family roles um, present in personality traits and how um, Sig Sigmund Freud, I said it right, right? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, how he focused more on the internal and ego ideology. Mm -hmm. and, um, Adler focused more on the traits as they progressed as you grow up. So more of like the personality of yeah. the individual, not that internalized ego. Mm -hmm. And like, so ego in Freud's term is like that, basically what I call the soul, like the essence of who you are and the basis for why you do things. Yeah. And yeah. then what was the id? I forget. The was id was how it, comes out I believe I, honestly I've taken so many psychology classes I should know um but you know that's I forgot too I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and you in psychology right now aren't you see this is what I mean by focus right now all right psychology statistics oh statistics got it but um so basically, Adler was talking about, the, from a biological standpoint, um, the traits that you receive from a parent and genetics and the physical features. Then you have the social aspect of it, interacting with others in the mm -hmm. social circle. Um, then you have the cultural aspect, growing up in whatever culture you are around the world. And then your physical environment, rural, or, real, rural area <laughs> versus mm -hmm. urban area, and then situational uh, childhood dramas, uh, welcoming new siblings, meeting new friends, uh, stuff of that order. And Wait, then, so they classified having a new sibling as a trauma? Uh, as situational. Oh, situational. Okay. Yeah, I was putting child, childhood trauma in yeah. this situation. Yeah. Got it. And then you had, he broke it down by uh, only child, first child, second mm -hmm. child, middle child, and youngest child and then you have other factors such as blended or step families yeah differences in age mental and physical health um gender and having death of a sibling or also having adoption yeah so i want to correct myself about the sigmund freud the id is the instinct and the ego is the reality um super ego is the morality um so going back to the birth order theory, so you said he broke it down, first child, second child, middle child, last child, only child. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important for us to have this conversation to explain a little bit of our family like um, order, if you will, because technically we are a blended family. Um, and the terms that both our parents, um, so we, Amber and I and Heather share the same mother and father and Danae and the rest of us share the same father. Now, I love all my sisters. They are my blood. They are equal in my eyes. I don't, 
really even classify Danae as a half sister unless we're getting down to technicalities, right? I don't even However, do that. I I just keep it straight. Like that's my little sister. Yeah, of course. She's my little sister. I think why I say that is because that plays into my identity and the way that I was raised by a primary care holder as their only child, or not only child, their youngest child. And then I also lived in a household for a year and like have this identity of being an older sister to a younger sister. So there, like I found the traits which we'll explain to really be all over the place with me because I hold so many identities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Danae, uh, can you take us through like some characteristics that maybe resonated with you? Okay, so like you were saying, I feel kind of like the same way because ha- y'all really only came around during like summer or uh, holidays so I was the only child the rest Mm -hmm. of the year Mm -hmm. and I suddenly had three other older sisters for two weeks (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um I can see a lot of both really um being kind of self-centered and uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, having confidence you know um Oh, by the way, I am, for podcast reasons, I am speaking off of the, like, actual characteristics that they give for the children. Yeah. But, um, like, I can see that I'm spoiled. I'm definitely spoiled. But um, then I get into also being the youngest. Mm-hmm. I go from uh, only child to youngest. And I see like me didn't it say the the youngest is usually creative uh or was that the only child i think that was the only child yeah um but for the youngest child i did uh sometimes i saw attention i guess uh you do what not attention oh you you think maybe yeah. <laughs> I mean a little I did grow up really fast I realized that um, yeah because Heather was sitting there putting makeup on me at 10 so <laughs> but that's not growing up fast makeup I mean you, we were in the house yeah I I get it no I wore it outside the house I remember that but oh it, yeah because dad had a fit yeah <laughs> put eyeliner on you right yeah, yeah I do remember that <laughs> I mean getting a little personal I guess now but like I would see you guys like I forget who it was I forget if it was Taylor or Heather but they uh, had a thong and I was like what's this Mm -hmm. and I don't get one and so then mom and dad were like wait you're not old enough to so I really felt like I wanted to be Mm -hmm. older and I was and so that's actually the characteristic of the old, the only child, as in like having that maturity because you're surrounded by so many people who are older than you. Um, usually, when you're the only child, you're hanging out with your parents' adult friends. Like you're, you're just like 
in the background while your mom and her best friend are having drinks at the bar, you know, not at the bar, but at a restaurant, Um, you in your high chair over there eavesdropping. (laughs) High chair. Um. (laughs) Well, you sat in it until you were 10, so. I mean. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, now you're just talking. Yeah, I am. Uh, mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was gonna also hit on the differences in age so mm-hmm. like I know Amber knows I don't know if you know but like there's this thing like when I was like a teenager I think I was like 17 or just turned 17 and I kind of got like in my feelings because dad always compared me to Amber mm-hmm. so, like I was it was kind of like well she's 10 years older than me so how does that even compare she's mm-hmm. aged and I'm in high school I was like that doesn't really make sense but then dad and I had a conversation he's like yeah I need to take a step back because she's 10 years older than you eight years older and then I guess Taylor and I are like two years apart so it really don't matter but Mm -hmm. uh, Adler was talking anything more than a three-year difference is a birth order starts over again wasn't that so interesting to you because to me heather's six years older than me Mm -hmm. amber is eight years older than me i oftentimes think that i'm the same age as amber like i can't (laughs) (laughs) i i realized during this like damn amber's eight years older than me like she's 30 and i'm 22 sorry not well, to don't say- act like I'm old. thank you she out of her 20s and i'm at the beginning of my 20s yeah hey it's like just turned 20 yep. so when we think about it in that way you know we're all in very different stages of life amber's been a mom for 15 16 months and well not including the incubation period of making the baby um as in pregnancy but heather is you know about to have a baby and then me i don't want kids until i'm like 30s you only want one kid and i'll it better not be until you i've never wanted kids Uh, you don't want kids you said maybe one you said you wanted a little girl let me let me put it like this i told amber i'm indifferent about kids like i have one cool if i don't cool like i'm (laughs) still well uh, even even like that comes from being an only child but anyway well one thing i will also say too is that um when it comes to not wanting children and I've had this conversation with Danae and a lot of other, you know, women that I've talked to is if you don't want children, it's okay. I think society makes you feel like you should have a husband and uh, kids or what have you, or a husband or a wife, depending on how you, you know, what your um, orientation is, but then also, uh, or gender preference, I should say, um, mm-hmm. sexual or sexual, what's the right? Sexual, sexual preference. Yeah, I said it right. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure I got it right. So, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with not wanting children. So that's what I've told Danae and stick by it too. Don't let anybody pressure you. So. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know, like sometimes you don't. No, that's all I'm going to say. Um, coming off of this kids and back into the theory. So 
some of the traits that they talked about for the first child, because Amber, you are the true first. There's no like dichotomy for you. Um, I think some of it is, you know what? All of it is pretty much true. And I just want to say one characteristic that I saw that really made me <laughs> laugh um, because they were talking about how when the first child um, is no longer the only child, they start to use good behavior or bad behavior to get the parents' attention. And all I can think about is baby Heather coming home from the hospital and Amber <laughs> um, spitting orange juice on that baby, uh, which is Heather. And, and so I've never heard that. I, would, I think Taylor is over here exaggerating because it wasn't when it Taylor was, it wasn't when Heather first came home. It from wasn't the when she first came home. From and that's the not true. And then it was when it Heather was, was right. probably about a year or like nine months to a year. She was walking at this point. It wasn't and, when she first came home from the hospital. You're yeah, correct. But that's so, how I imagine it. <laughs> sure. But I think also too, um, when it comes to older siblings and uh, younger siblings, I think when you're, so she's referring to me when I'm like 18 months. Oh, yeah. And I don't even so think young. I was like even two years old. Yeah. And I no. think, I think also too, like it comes to a point where um, when new kid, when you have, when you're only the only child or the oldest kid and you have a new sibling that comes home, you kind of have that struggle with attention, like she mentioned. But then also there's a lot of uh, traits that come into when you have new siblings, whether, you know, you're getting into the mode of sharing, you're getting into the mode of sharing, like what sharing things as far as like attention, uh, mm -hmm. resources or and resources, I would say like toys or, you know, food or just different things. And sometimes it's hard to. Uh, you just don't want to share when you're younger and yeah. I love uh, Heather to pieces and I wouldn't trade her in for the world and that's but not the most like leading trait for you I would say the leading trait for you that they describe for a first child is like an achiever and a leader and reliable those are the traits that I really see from you and I, just to give our listeners a little bit of background on what she's referring to is they said the first child, the traits are leader and achiever, or lead, achiever and leader, um, feels must have support, uh, so super, superiority. Uh, I can't even say it. Sorry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, over other children, um, may have difficulty when second child is born. We were just talking about that. There's mm -hmm. such a feeling of unloved and neglected. Mm -hmm. um, can be controlling and focused on being correct. Um, uses good or bad behavior to regain parents' attention, bossy or authoritarian. 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 Yes. Uh, survives or strives to please others, excuse me, strives to please others. I can't read today. Reliable and can be protective or helpful towards others. Yeah. So, one thing I will say is when Danae asked me, um, she asked us to reflect on these traits behavior traits or just personality traits i've i at all parts of my life i've probably hit on all of those mm -hmm. i definitely can be bossy when it comes to my little sisters um and kind of stronghold them into yep. making better decisions 
Um, <laughs> and, and, and when I would say better decisions, I would say better decisions in my perspective. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all of them have different goals, life experiences. And I think sometimes I have to do better with making sure that I don't push my thoughts and uh, beliefs and opinions onto them. But it's it's hard sometimes, especially when I don't agree with some of the things that they're doing. But it's okay because a lot of people didn't agree with the things that I did, you know, growing up. I was a hot mess. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so definitely the achiever and leader. I, and I think with the achiever and leader, I just try to be the best, you know, example for them to what they sh- not necessarily should strive for, but what. I feel like out of all of us, I probably was the one that did. No, nah, that's not true. I was going to say check very off every box. And narrow. Yeah. And I was going to say like checking off every box, but there was no, in my high school uh, days, middle school days, I was a hot mess. I think I straightened, got straight and narrow when I got to college. But that was kind of, as a teenager, that is ticking off the box. Like being rebellious in your teenager years are kind of, like a typical thing I thought um but uh, you know I I would I would always kind of thought you were tip like an achiever and typical at the same time like you were going for your goals and even when you were cutting up in high school you still were getting things done and still getting scholarships and being a part of different foundations because weren't you a part of NABA when you were in um high school no that was a college uh, organization so in high school I was a part of like the key club I also you were a part of the key club mm-hmm. oh. I also did student council um I was on the track team varsity track for a few years uh and really only only because I was one of the older people not necessarily because I was extremely good uh, mm-hmm. I think I only got like a couple ribbons and they were never really in first place. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also did art club. I was a, a <laughs> in middle school, I was a manager for the bas- girls basketball team. So like I did a whole bunch of different things. But um, one of the things I would say that I think Taylor is referring to uh, is a little bit different was the Academy of Finance. Yes. I did in high school. And that is kind of like a... Um, uh, what do you call it a I wouldn't say it's a trade type school but similar to that where if you're interested in doing business um, they take you through business courses and then those business courses can turn into college credits so I already had you know a few college credits before I even got to school in my senior year I actually had the chance to go to Anderson University to take accounting courses, similar to what Danae did for her college career, because her last semester, I think at school, you also had a chance to do that too. I did it for, I did it for the whole, my whole senior year. I started at OU my senior year and they just let you do, um, I didn't get to get in my particulars. Uh, like I didn't, cause I know you did accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that they just let us do gen eds okay Mm -hmm. but i just brought that up because it kind of talks about how the theory talks about how sometimes the only child takes on the personality or some traits of the first child and so like i would say um you know all of us on the most part um have done things to be achievers Mm -hmm. um 
I think like from a for an example for Taylor, like her achieving as like the kind of as an only child, kind of taking on the traits of the first child. And I only bring up Taylor as an only child because by the time Taylor was in high school and even I think even some part of middle school. Eighth we grade, were, I was the only child. Yeah, they were we were all gone. So mm-hmm. her taking on some of those like traits of being like an achiever or a leader you know, being presidents of different organizations. And, you know, Taylor graduated with over a 4.0 GPA mm-hmm. in school. And so, and then Danae, you know, doing college courses. So I think all of us, between the three of us, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting if we actually had Heather on for her perspective. Yeah. But I think between the three of us, we kind of all kind of take on that first child, only child uh, dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like... I guess, yes. Um, I think that I exist somewhere in a mix of, I'm sorry, can y'all hear that wind? Like the wind is really bad in Indiana right now. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, excuse the wind if y'all did hear it, but um, it's just distracting now. Anyways, so I exist in a combination of the youngest child, the middle child, and the only child, and the oldest child. And the reason why, like, when Amber brought up the fact I was in the house by myself for six years, um, and during that time was a very pivotal point because we, I even moved across the country, so it was even more just me and my mom and my stepdad. So at that point, um, the (laughs) certain traits of just being demanding, mature leader, all of those really just cultivated when I was living in um, California by myself, I would say, because every, every time it was just me and my parents. So I was around adults. I was that kid in the high chair eavesdropping on um, my parents conversation well, by the though, time you were a kid you weren't in the high chair by the time I mean I know there. I was just bringing back from earlier I was in high school so I wasn't in a high chair but I was watching adults do adult things and not to mention Amber um, when you were even in college I was coming Mm -hmm. to college with you for weekends um and I got to see oh this is what college life is like oh this is what Greek life oh this is a professor like all these different things of growing up they said the youngest child can seen as speedy um and our family they called it fast (laughs) and I was a fast little kid I can't admit um But I think that just pulls off of me having so many different like identities and and became like the first child in relationship to me and Danae. Um, You know, I would say I'm a natural leader. Um, I would say I'm bossy and I would say that I'm a Um, (laughs) know-it-all. So it's kind of just interesting because like I said, this is a theory Um, and and no theory is perfect in that it is not all-encompassing. While I was preparing for this episode, I looked up some statistics, um, and something like six out of ten remarried women create a blended household. So the fact that our parents are 
you know, divorced and remarried made it in a way that we kind of exist when something so like it changed when Adler was alive. I don't think the percentage of remarrying was as prevalent as it is now. So I think this theory is really great for what it exists as, but, or when it was created, but now the existence of it has really shifted because like me, I can relate to all four of the categories that they had because then for me and Danae, like I'm the oldest, but then for my dad, I'm like his second middle child. So it's kind of like, I kind of have those middle child traits too. Um, it, it's a really interesting thing to think about how 16% of the kids of, in America now are a part of a blended family. Um, so, yeah. I was going to say like the other category of what he said like the difference in gender do you mm. think that we're impacted by that because we don't have a difference in gender mm. worlds yeah so, say, oh go ahead today no no you're fine i was, I was just gonna, gonna say it's like a different uh i would say for me like i've only grown up with girls but now i have a son and he's yeah. gonna be the oldest son so it's gonna be a little bit different so mm-hmm get what's your perspective on the gender and what what does the theory say between like siblings that have older brothers or sisters younger brothers or sisters like what what does it kind of talk about i mean he really does it really doesn't say anything it just says mostly uh most physiological competition occurs between children of the same gender uh and similar ages got it so like for an example if you had an oldest child that did, you know, um, so like, let's say for an example, um, what's the, you had two kids that were football players. One mm-hmm. is in like, I don't know, middle school, one's in high school, but they're, you know, kind of on that cusp for maybe like three years apart. So maybe like the middle school kid will always be competing with the high schooler kid or the high schooler kid will always be picking on the middle school kid to get his like, what you call it, his skills better is kind of how it, when you say competing or. Well, they did say the youngest child is. Oh, sorry. The youngest child is usually competitive. So I think that like kind of answers that um, what you were just saying. Hmm. I, I think like for me, like the gender siblings, I'm going to go probably, it was probably not what he meant, but when I read it, I kind of felt, uh, well, this isn't what he meant, actually. Like, I felt like since I have all sisters, I always seeked like having a brother. Because mm. I, I mean, y'all are great, <laughs> but <laughs> like, I've always, wanted, I've always wanted a little brother or an older brother. And yeah. I asked, I remember asking for one. I remember that. And mom and dad were like, no. what? <laughs> you know what that is? Like, do you know what we have to do? And they were like, you won't get as many toys for Christmas. I was like, okay, man, forget them. <laughs> well, I say for, so, for me and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Danae. No, go, go, go. I was going to say, Taylor and I have had a different experience with having siblings, uh, a brother, 
because our stepfather mm-hmm. um, had a son. He's no longer um, here anymore. He mm-hmm. he was murdered when he when we were younger. It was probably I don't know about ten years ago at this point. Um, yeah. but we had the chance of all living in the same house at one time. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was different because like for us girls, that kind of gender dynamic for us girls, like we always had to make sure we were doing what was right. We always had to make sure like we were, you know, following rules. Mm -hmm. And then like when it came to our brother, he was kind of like, Got to do whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah, like, he was held accountable to a certain extent, but, like, he could literally, like, for an example, he had a girlfriend at the time, um, and he could literally be out with with the car until, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and come in the house and no one, or spend the night over there and no one would say anything to him. But Mm -hmm. then, like, if I came in, you know, at that time, because Taylor wasn't old enough to drive a car and Heather... Heather wasn't even into all that stuff. She was a homebody or she was always at her uh, friend's house with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And like, if I came in late, even like midnight, one o'clock, like all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like that different dynamic, especially when it came to like schoolwork, when it came to like sports, when it came to like friends. Yeah. It was just kind of like, you know, Heather Taylor and I were kind of held at a higher standard and sweet pea. Uh, or Oliver was kind of, I wouldn't say held at a lower standard, but given more freedom. Yeah. And I think also um, what Adler's theory also included, or maybe just one of the psychologists who wrote this blog post was saying that, you know, a death in of a sibling also has a play on how these traits come out too. And I think that comes from parenting. So that environmental factor of it, like I can tell you my stepdad during high school for me, very protective, very protective. If he didn't like somebody who I was seeing or didn't like one of my friends, like it was, it was all hell broke loose, you know? So um, I just think that, a lot of these things also come from parenting. Like Danae said, she had to come back to our father and be like, hey, yo, when you compare me, like there is no comparing. Because not only is she a sovereign being and like very different from Amber, she has different goals and different um, things that make her happy, right? So I like to pride myself in being a really good blend between all my siblings. Uh, <laughs> I really do. Um, most of everything. Like, you have the most on the chart. <laughs> I have every, like, I have it all. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, that's why you don't want to make my head too big, because I am definitely that person uh, what did they say? Attention seeker? I definitely okay. is. Like, this has been her topic the entire time. Like, Danae and I have just chimed in bits and pieces. Hey, <laughs> I told you I was over. excited. Yeah. I told you I was excited. <laughs> we can't even get a word in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now you're being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it back. We'll play it back. But anyways. <laughs> but anyways. But yeah. Go ahead, Taylor. Have the floor. 
No, I was just kidding with you. <laughs> Go ahead. You see, that's me being a peacekeeper. Um, anyway, <laughs> what are you over there mouthing, Danae? I said she better take it because she won't get it again. Oh, whatever. <laughs> see, when you're a middle child, you have to just interject yourself sometimes, though, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that because, like, well, I'm, when it was talk, I was uh, looking at the like youngest child thing. Whenever I was with Amber in Chicago, I was just kind of like, "Okay, you you paying for me?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just chill. I'm just letting Amber do all the work. I'm like, "Okay, cool. This is nice." Stand up here. And it's different now that Taylor's here and she got a job. I'm like, Taylor, you want uh, you want some covers? And she's just like, sure. And you and like, you like, can Venmo me. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's because I think Taylor ruined my dynamic because, like, when I would stay with you and Nick, he didn't really say anything. But now Taylor's there, and I was like, I'm gonna stay with y'all. He's like, Where's the rent? I'm like, Where did this come from? <laughs> like, I don't know. Look, I pay rent, so it's a little bit different. See, that's so why I said you changed it. Like, I was staying for free, and no. like. Anyway. We running out of space at this point. Uh, <laughs> if Amber has another child, it's gonna be tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be out by the time she got another child, though. That's yeah. something else that's interesting. Amber and I are living together again. Why? Yeah, yeah. you said why? <laughs> Is that what you said? I mean, yeah, I said why. Well, so a little bit of background. We talked about this in other i think the first episode a little bit yeah um so taylor you know was looking for jobs out in california and um she really wasn't making too much of a a strong headway and Mm so i nick and i had a conversation we just talked and said you know hey there's a ton of medical and health and you know you have the colds you got the pacers you got the fever you got the Indians you You have the NCAA you have the NCAA you got a lot of things here in Indiana and if you don't want to work in a professional room which she does but just in case as a backup we have tons of colleges you got Purdue you got Indiana University and when when it comes to big universities that have a a huge presence in the collegiate space um, in sports is what she's referring to Mm -hmm. yeah so um, we were just saying you know and, and if you decide that you you know outside of hospitals or sports if you you know want to move somewhere different you're like she mentioned at the beginning of the episode you have you know Detroit um different parts of Michigan you can go to you know um you can go to Chicago you can go to St. Louis you can go to Louisville you can go to Cleveland uh, Cincinnati Columbus you know and you're not that far away from New York. I think New York is probably about Brandon's drove that. I think it's like maybe 10, 12 hours. Yeah, away. I'm doing that. So it's, you know, we're in the Midwest. So you're kind of a little bit, you're eight hours away from Atlanta, you know, if you wanted to go down. So we okay. were just, I thought we were farther. Wow. Nope, only eight hours. So talking, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But are you talking about like, okay, because Taylor told me she was getting an apartment. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm so, moving yes. out. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's, I'm thinking like she got an apartment and moved back. That's why oh, I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. So she, we told her that she could stay here, you know, um, get a job and get on her feet, 
And so luckily Taylor, when she got down out here, I think you were only here for like two weeks and she got a job. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't and I hated that job. Yes. And then she quit that job and got a new job probably about a week and a half to two weeks later. It was a week later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so her in her space in her field, like we told her, like she can get a lot of work here. She had a lot of interviews and different things like that. And in the medical field with her degree, she can kind of work in multiple different spaces with her clinical background or research, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, background now so we just told her like she can stay here and then uh, you know at first she was just like at one point she's like I don't want to be an adult and have to pay bills and we're like yeah you can't stay here forever you gotta leave <laughs> I mean that was me being uh low-key kidding low-key kidding but high-key you know not having thousands <laughs> of dollars of rent is nice but that's yeah fine. so she should be moving out and I think she told us February March for her yeah birthday. So. Yeah. So living together, though, I brought that up because we're living together again. And that kind of, we we see each other a little different, you know? Like, yeah, I, I was telling mom that I, before you live with me, I talk to you every day, all day. And now that you live with me, I barely even see you or talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing for me is when I share physical space with someone, I get not that I'm tired of you, no, but I just, when I come to a physical space that's, like, my own or my, like, in my suite or whatever, I just, I just want to be there, you know? When I'm in my physical space, when I was calling you on the phone, it was intentional to, like, have these conversations with you or answering your phone calls. It was intentional, but now it's, like, I walk through the door and y'all are there and that's cool because it's your house. But at the same time, it's like, I, well, I, I would, also, I wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> well, yeah, but I also wouldn't even say all that. I would say it's her work schedule. That's a oh, big yeah. thing. And my like, work schedule. I don't, completely yeah, I don't think I would say it's like we're in each other's spaces because even when you didn't have a job, we still talked with each other yeah. a lot more. So yeah. I don't think it's like the physical space thing. I think it's her, she works nights. So when, you know, in the morning I'm at work in my home office and, you know, she doesn't go to work until three o'clock in the afternoon. And then, you know, by that time I can't really talk to her cause I'm still working. And then mm-hmm. she comes home around sometimes one o'clock in the morning, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on with her shift and I'm asleep and then she mm-hmm. sleep all day, you know, or most of the morning time. I wake up at eight thirty. Okay, but most of the morning time she's asleep so that she can catch up on the sleep that she didn't get when normal people go to sleep. 8.30 is a normal time to wake up. But Yes, but I'm talking about when I see you. Yeah, you're right. So, I hear y'all. I will say, and it, it, it is like, do I get up and go say hi to my nephew and Amber and them, or do I just continue to sleep? And <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah and i if i was in your place i would be sleeping because yeah. you just worked all night you know yeah. so, but anyways uh so what are some of the conclusions or some things that we can ha- provide to our listeners to take away from the birth uh, order theory today oh okay um <laughs> <laughs> i would say like that they the listeners do like to look it up and analyze it like really look at where they fall in place and like kind of have a conversation with either your parents or your siblings because it's really interesting to see their perspective because I don't know what you guys are thinking mm-hmm. 
like when Taylor's talking about how she fit into all those categories, I was like, because I've always seen Taylor as a middle child. I never saw her as a first child. I never saw her as an only child. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that it's very important to take an analysis of that because also you guys kind of grew up in a bigger city than I did. I consider Oklahoma rural. Rural. it's not actual rural but it is more rural than where we grew up yeah like you if you leave oklahoma city you're gonna see cows yep <laughs> like downtown stockyard like <laughs> that's <they're laughs> next to, they're literally next to each other so and then you guys you're in indianapolis mm-hmm. and taylor grew or well, not grew up but had a long time in california mm-hmm. so like I think that that has also changed a lot of our perspectives on how we see life in like Mm -hmm. our realities and how like we matriculate. You like that word? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Evolve is my favorite word, but I also like matriculate. Yes. Like like that. How our personalities matriculated into what they are now. Yeah. Um, Because when I leave Oklahoma, I'm like, whoa I'm like a a puppy in a dog mm-hmm. but when I'm in Oklahoma I'm a dog and all these other people <laughs> so like <laughs> I mean it really just it's just interesting to think about because then you go into I know this is not the topic but I mean maybe your listeners know something about it like uh, urban sociologies um um it kind of I would say it kind of goes with the urban sociologies or socioeconomic urban um, breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of goes into like, um, kind of this kind of off topic, but like redlining and then like race and then how um, the things you're involved in, um, like your social, um, your wealth status and stuff. It just goes in the whole. Because then you go into birth order theory, but then you also have society's pressures on you too. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that they all correspond with each other. Yeah, and maybe we can also one day do a um a episode on Chicago. Um, because it kind of talks all of those points that you just make. I can probably in bring Nicholas in here and some of our other friends that lived in Chicago for years can really talk in depth on all of that stuff, you know, and all the things that we participated in, but then also, you know, choosing to live on the South side of Chicago versus choosing to live in like a Lincoln park or a a Lakeview, which is more predominantly white, you know, Mm -hmm. and different things like that. People's different perspectives and, you know, even bringing it down to like religion and churches that you're involved in and how sometimes a church that you can be involved in Chicago can be political. Yeah. Which, you know, so it's just... uh, I mean, but it can be political anywhere, to be completely honest with you. I think it just comes from your exposure. Yeah, but I I don't think like the church that I'm a part of here in Indianapolis is any part of political, but the church I was in Chicago was very political. Mm-hmm. no one would if I told them hey I go to x y and z church they wouldn't instantly think oh my gosh you know blah 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 like they wouldn't you know but if I told them that the church I went to in Chicago that church has been brought up all through the news has people that are senators that are a part of that church is very involved in like the community in Chicago in that space and a lot of different things so I don't know. We should we should have a conversation about larger cities. 
uh, in general and how they play a part in what you're talking about, Danae. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danae, for bringing this topic to us. I'm very happy that you brought it and uh, thankful for all of that that you provided. No problem. It was fun talking with you guys. It was great. All righty. So I guess now we're ready for our conclusion. We can go ahead and segue um, into our self-care tip for the week. So our self-care tip for the week is mindful eating. As we head into this Thanksgiving season, Everyone keeps trying to skip Thanksgiving and speech straight towards Christmas. We still got a whole holiday in front of us, and that's Thanksgiving. Um, Mindful eating is a practice of being intentional on what you're putting into your body. On Thanksgiving, all bets are out, right? Like, I'm getting that double stuffing with the double mac and cheese. I don't care about the carb count on Thanksgiving. It don't matter. I think during the normal work week, once you start to be a little bit more intentional on different nutrients that your body is getting, you're going to see a really big difference. For example, I've been increasing fiber in my diet, and I can tell you, and there's two types of fiber. Um, For those who are interested, I've been doing more of the insoluble fibers. So that's more from your oats and breads and things of the sort. That helps my stomach really flatten out and just really move some things along, if you know what I mean. Um, I really um, have taken a journey. I have a health coach who helps me practice mindful eating. And um, I just challenge y'all to try that out. Um, look it up, see what works for you. And mindful eating isn't necessarily restricting. It's just being mindful of what nutrients you're putting into your body. So that's all for me. What's our grind? What is it? Our grind tagline for the week? So it's a grind thought of the week. So just as a a little bit of background, um, uh, so the statement I will leave for you is, failure isn't forever mm-hmm. and so um, I can't remember exactly who I took that from but I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and different things this week and and so it made me think of, about <clears throat> when you are on a journey to whether it's to start a business it's to complete a homework assignment for a project that you have in class um, it is, you know, a lot of different things. Um, oh, I forget. I remember. So I listened to her space podcast with Terry Lomack and Dr. D and they go into a whole bunch of different topics every week. But this particular, um, episode that I was listening to talked about art of manifestation, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of their trials and different things that they had going on in their life. And one of the things that stuck out to me is Dr. D was very transparent about her um, uh, journey to getting her passing, I think, and, you know, I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but to get passing her boards or passing a test that she needed to become a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was just talking about how, you know, her failure was just consistent you know she it took multiple times for her to pass this particular bar exam or uh you know what's whatever the proper term is for her exam 
And so it made me reflect on uh, how many times it, it took me to take my CPA exam. And it got to the point where I could memorize. I've taken, I took that exam so many times at that point in time that all I can see the questions. Like I remember the questions from the prior exams and from the study. And so it just made me think of like this week when you're, when you're working on your projects or working on your homework or doing different things for, for work or your business, or even just from a family perspective, just understand that maybe, you know, something that you felt in or you felt like you got short on, um, just don't, don't put yourself in as forever, um, that it's going to last forever. Things will soon show past, things, you know, will get better. Just make sure you change your mindset, and that's the only way that it's going to be able to get you to over the hump. You know, my failures are not forever. I can overcome them, but as long as I put the time, money, energy, blood, sweat, tears, whatever into it, that it will prosper to what I have been. My goal will be accomplished. So for anybody out there that's struggling, I know I've been transparent in the past episodes about my weight gain when I was pregnant, but then, you know, now that I'm losing weight, um, you know, I've hired a a coach and join a, a challenge and, you know, just making sure being persistent and you can't, you know, accomplish anything if you're not prepared um, and you're not consistent and disciplined. So that's what I will leave for y'all. That's real though. You will not accomplish anything if you're not prepared. So, yeah. So, all right, y'all. So Danae, any, uh, any lasting words that you want to give to our listeners? be easy <laughs> <laughs> in true Danae style <laughs> and in the next couple of episodes like especially the one around um thanksgiving we'll have more siblings on so Danae will be coming back and hopefully in the future she's going to be working with us to try to help us get our graphics and uh different art pieces and different things uh together taylor has started that process and she's done a really good job but i know Danae has been wanting to help us make sure that we have, you know, just some different books and um, graphics and art and stuff for uh, our brand. So you guys will, this will not be the last of Danae. Um, so, yeah. So if you like this episode, um, go ahead and shoot over to our Instagram. Our Instagram is the inner circle um, That's it the inner circle dot and our email is the same exact way um at gmail.com at gmail.com exactly so you got anything to say shoot it there we will be looking for you we'll be looking for you and also too on wherever you guys are listening to this podcast whether it's spotify apple um, in different platforms, make sure you subscribe and rate our podcast too, so that we can be out there in the ether along, uh, other people that maybe ha are not familiar with us as individuals, but maybe might be interested in the content that we're actually producing. So. Awesome. Well, until next week, stay hydrated and practice that mindful eating. All right, y'all. See you again. <laughs>